season's over. The off season is over, and we are so close to basketball. Recording this on a Monday night after Wizards Media Day. Wizards training camp starts tomorrow. Other NBA teams have already started training camp. The Rockets are playing a preseason game. Like, it's real basketball that's happening. I'm Fred Katz. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark, and I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. And on the Skype line, I just couldn't have anybody else on other than, by far, the most frequenting guest of this podcast and uh, and my colleague, Ben Standig. Uh, Fred, thanks for... Uh Thanks for letting me on. By the way, my 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 quick takeaway is that you're saying the Wizards are already behind other teams. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no, I am telling you that right now everybody's in first place. Bradley Beal had a quote last year on on Media Day, which was a good quote. It was it was good metaphor. He said Media Day is optimism. Not there is optimism on Media Day, but Media Day is optimism. And he didn't slip up. He meant to say it like that. And it was just – it's a great quote. It's just really well said. And it's the perfect description of Media Day. You know, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's like – yes, absolutely. It's like, you know, spring training in baseball, you know, the, you know, the dead of winter in most places, but it's sunny in Florida and everybody's like, thinks you got a shot, you're happy. For the first time, probably – I've been covering this Wizards team for – in various ways for over a decade, but for the first time that I really recall, this is the time it, the optimism felt the most because there are the, because of the expectations which are nil. It's uh, there's so many kids and there's no expectations. Why not us? Kind of thing. Even if people are so, re- somewhat realistic with what's going to happen, this was the one. I was like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, who knows? We'll see what we do. We're, we're you know, who knows what's going to happen? And that is the thing with this team. Who that? <laughs> We kind of get, we kind of have a feeling what's going to happen wins losses, but who knows what's going to happen otherwise? Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, that's that's fair. The thing that I asked, like I spoke to Bradley Beal on the side, and I have a piece up on the Athletic with that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but one of the things I asked Beal, and I asked Scott Brooks as well when I was just talking to them. You know, you guys say you want to, you think you can best what the expectations are. And like, look, I picked them to go 22 and 60 on something. I don't remember if it was on Nate Duncan's podcast or in our official predictions on The Athletic. I might have predicted two different records or three different records, depending on what, because I don't keep track of myself and I have no checks and balances on myself in that sense. But I picked them to lose 60 at some point. And in other ones, I probably came close if I didn't pick the same thing. And I, so I asked him, if you guys are going to do better than I think and we all think, What's going to happen? And not from like a, we're going to play hard and we're going to compete and that's what it's going to be. What is going to happen? And I didn't really get an answer. And what that means is this is media day optimism. It wasn't like, well, you know, Troy Brown is so much better than you think. Rui is so much better than you think. Bertans is so much better of a fit than you think. Here's why. It was... You know, we'll see what happens. They're going to play hard. Everyone's going to come out and compete. It was media day optimism, and that's fine. I mean, that's the way it should be. What, are you going to come out and condemn yourself? I mean, that would be, that would be insane. Uh, but it's, uh, it's just further proof, as we had for 30 teams now, that everybody's tied for first on media day. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of reminds me of uh, 
I love the movie Major League, and in the beginning of the movie, you just have like all these random pieces coming together. The you know, the Jake Taylor is the washed up catcher, and Charlie Sheen is the guy from uh, right. Just, you know, Justin, out of- Justin Anderson is uh, sleeping in his car outside of the Wizards training facility. <laughs> right. I mean, fortunately, I don't think they have anybody coming out of the California penal system to uh, <laughs> to play. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just this hodgepodge of of stuff and. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, let's put it this. Let's put it this way. I I largely skipped. So, so media day typically it's a, uh, a a a series of mini press conferences combined with other things happening around. People are taking uh, photos for the season, and, and they're, they're doing various interviews. But but for our purposes, the press conferences tend to be the deal. But I I, I know Brooks had one. I know John Wall. I know Bradley Beal. I know Rui. And I think IT. I'm not sure who did anybody else besides those guys. No, I was surprised. Hold- Ish, I was surprised Ish Smith didn't. Like he, right, right. he is your starting point guard. Yes, Isaiah Thomas is a more famous person, and he was great, by the way. He was honest and he was funny. He was great today, and that's what everybody who's ever covered him covered him would tell you that he's always like that. But I was surprised Ish Smith didn't do it. I mean, he's he's going to start. Scott Brooks said today. They have two for sure starters, and it's Bradley Beal and Thomas Bryant. Like, Ish Smith is a for sure starter. I think he just forgot about Ish Smith because Ish Smith is obviously going to start. They don't even have another point guard. Right, right. But, uh, but, but, that, but that's sort of almost like the point of, like, last year, I would venture to guess, when you had, obviously we know how things ended up, but going into the season, you had a much more stable team going in, guys like, you know, Markeith Morris, Otto Porter, Kelly Oubre, who are starters or key pieces on this team, um, you know, Sadoransky, who who wasn't starting with John Wall, but, uh, you know, a key piece. All those guys held, quote-unquote, mini press conferences. But, and so this time, there wasn't that because – that's just the reality of where this team is. Nobody's going to walk the 10 feet to go listen to Davies Bertans talk about the Wizards right now because – I'll do it. Well, I'll, yes. I'll do it. Yeah, you would. But oh, they're okay. just going to let people mill about. That's kind of actually like what I ended up doing. Like I, you were – you, I, I knew you were in the, the press room. So I just sort of walked around. And it, was, it was like, you know, even when the players have – I guess it's like you know when, when you go when you go somewhere you don't know people and people wear name tags. Fortunately for us, the the, the players have name tags. It's just the jerseys with their names on the back. That's their name tags, and we were able to walk up to these people. I'm I'm kidding, obviously to a degree, and and say, oh hi, you're so and so. My name is Ben. We're standing with the Athletic because that's how it was. Most of these most of these people don't know who we are because they're new. And for in terms of the players, in terms of expectations. Even if you've heard the name, in most cases, the people don't know who they are. They don't know what to make of it, and that's what that is. What is so interesting about this team, and at least for today, the optimism reigned, and um, that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, it's today. funny. Like Ru- Rui said, he thinks they can make the playoffs. He's a rookie. Yeah, you know, he says it. <laughs> we throw that people away. Stuck. He said that, or he's he's a rookie. You know, he's that's how rookies think. Young people are optimistic. I've become a curmudgeon at a far younger age than I think the average <laughs> curmudgeonness develops. It's, and by the way, it's also sort of the nature of of the sport because, like, I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan, and obviously they've been historically terrible the last couple of years, and that's fine, whatever. They, they, yeah, they, they got some work to do. Here, watch out, Yankees! Here we come. <laughs> hey, but, 
The Orioles won two out of three to start the year against the Yankees. And everyone's like, maybe the Orioles won't be as good as everybody thought. And then the Yankees beat them 16 out of their next, or, you know, 15 out of their next 16 times they played them. Right. But, like, in that sport, it's not, I mean, it's not likely, but it's not inconceivable a sport where one player typically does not make the major difference, not even two players, not even three players, that if somehow, you know, players that simply played above, you know, punched above their weight that, you know, it's possible. In this sport, it's it's not impossible, but where one or two people do truly dominate everything, when you look at the Wizards, that after, again, a team that had so many stable pieces in, you know, in Wall, in Beal, in Otto, in, in Markeith, et cetera, they have Bradley Beal, and we'll see. And and that and 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 that's why it's hard to just predict that that it's going to be all that, and it's why it's hard to see how it's going to be anything more than a developmental season. At least the good thing I know you've talked about this many times, and I'm sure we did several a couple months ago. At least for the Wizards, they understand that too, and they didn't go into this off season making illogical moves, signing players to, to multi year uh, contracts. For big money, when expectation, you know, just to make maybe the eight seed, the Wizards aren't in that position. They didn't even, you know, truly attempt that. They, they, you know, short term, one year deals, guys on expiring, guys that are hungry. Tommy Shepard has said that's what he wants. They're trying to rebuild, but they're not trying to. They're not being realistic. They're not being. Um, they're not trying to make the playoffs realistically. They're trying to just turn this thing around, big picture like. And you know, that's 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 also the good thing, I believe. Um, and, and the roster reflects that for sure. So something I should have said off the top of the episode is uh, I do have an announcement. Wizards After Dark, and this is a good time to say it because he has media day. You might have noticed that Wizards After Dark hasn't been on for about a week and a half. And it's because I've been figuring out the details of what's going to happen here. Wizards After Dark is very much still happening, but it's going to be on a slightly different format this year. Wizards After Dark is actually going to be on The Athletic this year which is obviously my employer. Now, if you're a subscriber to Wizards After Dark and you get it on iTunes or whatever and you're listening to it on the feed right now, stay subscribed. You will get it on iTunes and all that. On top of the episodes that you get, there are going to be some bonus episodes that are going to run on The Athletic, on The Athletic app, where you can get all your athletic podcasts. In case you're unaware of The Athletic and what we have over there, I assume if you listen to a niche Wizards-centric podcast, you already know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, we really focus more on like more of in-depth magazine-style journalism as opposed to kind of daily, more newspaper-y type of stuff. And I try to dig on stuff and write the nerdiest stories I possibly can and go in-depth on different topics and all that stuff. If you sign up for The Athletic, you don't just get Wizards coverage. You get coverage from everything. So you get coverage from all of our beat writers and national writers for NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, Premier League, boxing, sports media coverage, all that stuff. You get every single thing that's on The Athletic. $5 a month if you sign up for the year-long subscription. You can always find a discount code. There's someone always has a discount code. It's usually 40% off. You can get it for $3 a month if that's the case, $36 for the full year. You'll be able to get those Wizards After Dark episodes that are behind the paywall. I don't have all of the information now. I don't know how much information is going to be on the iTunes feed versus behind the uh, athletic paywall. I will. We're still working that out. I will 
let you guys know as soon as I know. Right now, I genuinely have no idea how it's going to work. We're, we're getting podcasts now. Like So many other beat writers at The Athletic are getting podcasts. I already had this, obviously, so it just made sense to move it over to The Athletic, and it seemed advantageous for everybody, and so that's what we're doing. A lot of other beat writers are having podcasts, too, so if you root for other teams or you're interested in other teams or the Wizards have a big game coming up against another team, you can... Turn on a Lakers podcast or a Blazers podcast or Kings podcast or whatever. I, I don't know why I'm only saying West Coast teams, but you can do that. And you can listen to that podcast too, and you can subscribe to those. You can get those on The Athletic, and uh, it's going to be really cool. It's really cool what we're setting up. It's like a full NBA podcast network, and I'm going to be doing basically the same stuff. I'm not sure if I'm going to do literally every post game show this year. It kind of depends on how the season goes, and it kind of depends on what kind of format we figure works with this new model, so kind of all in testing mode the whole time, but uh, but yeah, Ben, anything else I didn't say that I should have said? Um, <clears throat> no, I think... Uh, ben, you'll you be on. All. I'm forcing Ben on, so you'll still get Ben. Our, um, in addition to, uh, to Fred from a per- perspective, like our, our, uh, Boss David Aldridge has a podcast on the network as well. Oh, and it's um, so it, good it, too. Yeah, I mean, basically, um, yeah. If you're an NBA head, I mean, it's impossible to not have um, have have some good podcasts by people who are um, worth the money, who 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 are who, who are very good at uh, at what they do. So, uh, yeah, no, it, uh, it's a no brainer, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I. I, as somebody who covers the NBA and the NFL, I like NBA podcasts better. I, I don't necessarily know if it's just about the sport or the way people talk about it, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for the whole for the whole uh, kit and caboodle uh, of, of this whole podcast situation. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be fun. We're going to be doing a lot of awesome stuff. If you enjoyed this past season, I think next year is going to be better, just because it's my second year on the beat, and I'll be on the thing, the swing of things, and. Y'all view as a colleague for the full year, and we're going to be doing it through The Athletic, and so I've got producers and all that kind of stuff, and it's going to be fun, and we got a whole network behind it. I think it's going to be awesome. Like I said, if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, then I will not force you to sign up, but I would encourage it. I think it's awesome. I think the content's awesome, and uh, you'll be able to get all of the podcasts, and you can listen to it on there, and uh, either way... You just stay subscribed to this if you're already subscribed, and you will get the episodes the exact same way as you get them right now. Uh, something I want to talk about, Wizards related to, uh, off of what we were talking about before, because we're talking about the optimism. But there's another thing that's worth talking about, so I'm, I'm having a conversation with Beal. Beal talked about outplaying expectations and, and all that kind of stuff. But one thing that he did say, he kind of regurgitated a Tommy Shepard talking point from the other day where Shepard said the you know the the number one to paraphrase the number one most important thing for this year is development he said it's where this year starts it's the middle of it it's the end of it the most important thing is development and he really didn't ever talk about wins and losses and some people talked about wins and losses today uh, Scott Brooks kind of did at certain points but you know last year it's like Ted Leonsis is Setting 50 goals is a win, and all those sorts of things. And then Beal, when 
I'm talking to him, and I have this in my story, which is up on The Athletic, in which I talk to him about the extension the Wizards offered him in July and what, in my opinion, for the next three weeks is by far the biggest Wizards-related story. He says, we know that this – well, here, so here's the full quote. We can talk about Beal talking about calling it a development year, and then I want to talk about the extension stuff because we got a little more color on that today. I'll read a couple quotes. Now that this is an athletic podcast, I feel like I can give my stories away a little bit more. Uh, so he says, uh, I can really retire uh, – I can uh, regarding the money not being a problem. He says, I can really retire today and be okay. So I want everybody to understand it's not the money. It's not the money factor here. It's me. It's, okay, what's the direction the team is going in? Are we going to win? Is this what we want? And then he said, we know that this is probably going to be a development year. It's going to be one of those types of years. So, and they drops. I love to see. He doesn't really drop third person very often. John Wall will drop third person. John Wall did it twice today, I think, during his podium session. But Beal dropped drop the third person here. He says, so... Does Bradley Beal want to be part of that ultimately? And that's something I have to ask myself and something I probably, I'm probably still not done asking myself. So I'm going to use all my time I can. For those unfamiliar or for those who just forgot because so much crap has gone down this offseason, the Wizards offered Bradley Beal a $111 million three-year extension on July 26th. And for those who don't want to do the math, July 26th was over two months ago, and Bradley Beal hasn't responded and basically said today he hasn't really thought about it, and he said he's going to use all the time he can. Well, all the time he can is up on October 21st. That is the deadline for when he has to accept, or obviously if not accept, then automatically decline it. He will go and say something declining it before then. It's not like it's just going to expire with no answer at all. This, to me, is the biggest wizard story for at least the next three weeks because what their future looks like hinges on whether Bradley Beal is in or Bradley Beal is out. And he's wondering, if he's wondering, well, I want to see how this goes. Is this, are we going to win? Is that something I want to be a part of? Which is completely legitimate, by the way. The dude's a great player, and he's 26 years old, and he's coming off a 50-loss season. Why would he want to toil through a rebuilding project during his prime years when he can be helping a team win? And forget about build a legacy and all those cliches and that kind of stuff. Just be happy. Just be happy being on a winning team. It is a lot more fun being on a winning team than it is not being on a winning team. Even if you love the organization, you love the city, you love your teammates, all that. Being on a 55-60 loss team is really hard mentally. It's really hard to be around. It's really hard culturally, and to do it two years, three years in a row, maybe more, that is really hard, and it's fun to win, and it's gratifying to win, and it makes you feel good, and it, when being a basketball player is like not just your job, it's part of your identity, winning does so much more for your psyche than just, and I shouldn't even say winning does so much more for your psyche. But constantly getting pounded every night is just it just wears on guys. It is hard to be around a fifty loss team, especially like the end of last year's team. That was difficult. That culture was messed up. Guys were upset. It was just like stuffy in that locker room. And it builds on dudes. And so if if he does want to get to a winning situation, no judgment here. But they can get a crap load for Bradley Beal if they decide to trade him, which right now 
absolutely no indication. In fact, indication they don't want to trade him. They insist they don't want to trade him to everybody who will ask, including other teams when they try to trade for him. And they're just like, nope, no way, no chance. So whatever Bradley Bill decides to do, that is going to completely alter the Wizards' future either way. And this is the biggest story. I mean, this is the biggest Wizards story. I, I don't think there's even a close second. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, sort of to the point of what we were discussing with Media Day in terms of who did you need to hear from today? <laughs> Bradley Beal, and I guess you could say Rui Hachimura and, and, to some, and John Wall, at least from a just, hey, John, has a going perspective, knowing he's not going to play much this year, if at all. But yes, I mean that 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 that's kind of that's kind of it. Everything else is, you know, you, it'll be interesting to see what some of these guys do and who they are and if they develop or take advantage of these opportunities. But 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 Bradley Beal is the face of this team right now in so many ways. And uh, you know, to, I guess to look at it from the Wizards' perspective, since you touched on sort of what he's looking at, you know, this is the big thing, right? I mean. You know, I've been covering this team for a long time now, and I didn't even have to think too much about it going into most of these seasons. Obviously, I did because I'm a nerd and this is what I do, but I didn't have to think about it too many years. You knew who the GM was. You knew who the core players were. You knew the storyline from the previous season and what that meant going into this one. But now everything is different because, in in large part, because, you know, Ernie Grunfeld is out. Tommy Shepard is in. He's quickly put his imprint on the situation and with Brad, with regards to Bradley Beal, yes, if everybody's realistic that they're not going to win a lot, then the question is, how do you impress him? How do you impress everybody? What is the actual goal for this team this year? And, the, and, and from an organizational standpoint, it's to set the wheels in motion that this thing is going to, you know, maybe I, I don't want to set, set the bar so high as to say you're going to Brooklyn net it where you go from being the, the joke of the league to three years later getting Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But to some degree, I mean, that's kind of the point, that you want to turn this thing around, be a type of brand of basketball that people are excited to be a part of on the court, off the court. Everybody feels like, wow, this team gets it, right? I mean, part of the reason why the Nets got what they got and the Knicks didn't, even though it's both New York and one is obviously more a more iconic franchise, is because the Nets get it. You know, I'm, I'm sort of air quoting it. The Nets get it and the Knicks don't. Are the Wizards finally going to get it? If they do, it won't happen immediately. But if you start planting those seeds, if you start becoming the, you know, doing the things a certain way that leads towards winning, even if you don't have the stars yet, that's the type of thing that will attract players. The good news for the Wizards, they already have a couple of those guys and Wall and Beal. Beal was the one who's got a big decision to make. And so if you start to make the, make, Bradley Beal feel like, hey, there is something here. He's smart enough to understand, even if the wins aren't there, that culturally something may be a, uh, something may be changing. That there's that there's reason to think, oh, okay, I kind of like how they're doing this now. Whatever the whatever the this is, maybe it's not just about running a certain kind of uh, floppy set, but it's about the locker room, the literal experience of how the organization deals with the players, how they're treated whatever it may be, if those things start to come in place and Bradley Beal feels like, hey, they believe in me and all that stuff on top of it, who knows? Maybe that maybe that gets you a lot more than you think just because they only win 22, 25 games, and that is definitely a big part of it, and that's what they're going to have to impress on him. And I think also just on a really basic level, you have Bradley Beal, you have John Wall, you hope next year is back 
to where John Wall was. Then you have Troy Brown, Riha Kimura, next year's lottery pick, Thomas Bryant. I didn't name a, I didn't just name six uh, potential six players that are going to, you know, take down, well, I was going to say Golden State, but whoever, <laughs> whoever the team at the top is now, we'll see. But that's at least, we'll talk about hope. That's your hope. In terms of getting back into the playoffs, like, that's your hope. Those six names, those, six, those five players plus the pick, that, that's their hope. And it, but a lot of it starts with, do they start you know, doing the, the, the necessary organizational blocking and tackling to make the Bradley Beals feel good so that everybody's working in this, the same page and then eventually you start getting other guys wanting in? That, that's what ultimately this season, to me, is really all about. I'll tell you what. I think... If the Wizards do try, I'll get ahead of myself a little bit. If they do eventually trade Beal, they could get, I think, an unbelievable package. Next year's free agency class is so bad. I mean, it is so, so weak. Who's the best free agent next summer? Buddy Heald. And he's restricted. Like, who's... I'm trying to think of the best unrestricted free agent next summer. I mean, it is there are no all-stars next summer who are hitting the market. It's just one of the weakest the NBA has seen in years. If Bradley Beal were going to trade teams, there is a really, really realistic chance that he is the best player in the league to change teams between February and the end of next offseason whether he gets traded at the deadline or whether he gets traded next summer. I'm a believer that they could hold on to him for the year and they could still get a ton back next summer because of just what the market is going to be. And so if you can get an all-star and you feel like you're an all-star away, you're going to give up a lot for that all-star. You're going to give up a ton. And so I think the market is primed for Bradley Beal over the next, oh, nine, ten months. They could get a ton for him if they choose to trade him. I actually understand why they don't want to. If they really do believe there's a chance of him resigning in 2021, I understand. And even if you wanted to trade him, I understand why they would play hardball and be like, we're not trading him. And why they would tell everybody this summer, we don't want to trade him, we're not trading him. Because it's a, you can get back a lot more when people think you don't want to trade the guy than you can when people think you're just trying to hand him off, right? So... I understand that, but I think there would be a huge market for Beal. He has an impeccable reputation in the league as as a teammate, as a person, all that stuff. Can't imagine that would be a problem. In terms of his play, he's, I would say, one of the more malleable, really good players, and what I like all-star caliber players. And what I mean by that is that you can fit him into your team And you don't have to change all that much. And I don't mean that as a statement on a guy's weaknesses. Or I should say it's a statement on a guy's weaknesses as much as it is a statement on a guy's strengths. If you you add LeBron James midseason, guess what? You're changing stuff. Because if you don't, you're an insane person. You have to change things when you get LeBron. If you get Kawhi Leonard, you're changing stuff on both sides of the floor. So you can maximize Kawhi, right? I think Paul George is kind of in the same camp as Brad. I think Paul George is a better player than Brad, but I think Paul George is a similar thing to where it's like great spot-up shooter, great off-the-dribble shooter. He can be a secondary pick-and-roll handler, but he doesn't have to be a primary one. He can run off screens. You know, Paul George, obviously, the superior defender. Uh, but it's basically ball-dominant versus not, not ball-dominant on some level. If John Wall were yeah. healthy, 
John Wall could not play with everybody because other people are going to have ball-dominant point guards, and then what? And I mean, right. like the argument people would always tell me, hey, hypothetically, if the Wizards got John LeBron, what would happen? And my first thought was always, oh, you had trade John Wall. Because you can't right. have John Wall standing off on the side with LeBron doing his thing. But Bradley Beal, absolutely you can. But he can also handle the ball. He can do a lot of things. And, yes, yeah, so he absolutely. He's a, one of those rare guys in the league that can, uh, from a star perspective, that can play for every team without having to alter much. He right. And in. I think because of that, he's less of a problem if you acquire him midseason. And I think because of that, his trade market midseason is going to be pretty damn good when you match it with the fact that there are a ton of contenders, like or teams that think they're contenders, and maybe that number is smaller at the trade deadline, which could hurt them. But there are a ton of teams that think they could, the Clippers think they could win it, and the Warriors are always going to think they're good. And the Lakers have, in my opinion, the best one-two combination in the league, and the Bucks are really good, and the Sixers are really good, and Utah could be awesome. I mean, Houston thinks they're going to be awesome. They're there are a lot of teams, whether you or I agree that all of those teams are contenders, they think that they've at least got a chance to make it to the conference finals. And some of those teams are yeah. eventually going to end up losing in the first round. Denver, I mean, you you put Bradley Beal on any of those teams with packages that are going back, which just include future stuff. They don't give up their stars. They don't give up major pieces for today. And it's just crazy picks young players who aren't yet developed, that kind of stuff. That's it, man. Like, y- you can work off of that, and that's what the Wizards would be asking for. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. For now, we're not even close to there. Like, it's something that we're going to have to discuss if and when Beal says no. And if we don't find out when he says no, then we'll have to discuss it when that October 21st deadline passes. And... uh and we've got things – we will have things to discuss. I mean, we're going to have and, to go over that then. Right. And just one thing to add to that, the, the one person who's the, the other massive variable in this story is the one person I didn't see today, and that would be the owner, Ted Leonsis, because in my opinion, you know, last year when he said we will never tank, he put himself into a corner that was unnecessary because everybody understands what rebuilding means. But when you put the T word out there – then you're sort of really kind of say, oh wait, wait, what is this team doing? You know, and if you if you right now we all get it. We, we haven't used the tank word one time in this conversation, even though we're saying the Wizards are going to be a team that wins 22 to 25 games. But you trade Bradley Beal, and the perception changes that they're that this team is quote unquote tanking. That's what people will say. It doesn't matter if it's true. That's just what they'll say. Is the owner willing to trade the one player who would change the perception of rebuild versus tanking? That, that that is a huge unknown because if he's not willing to, then everything we just said doesn't even matter that much. He might be willing to say, screw it, we're going to keep Bradley Beal from a perception marketing angle. And, and not to mention, maybe you know, he's a very good player and maybe we, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. But if he's unwilling to do that, then even if they can potentially get a good package, it may not matter. Or maybe he's all in and says, you know what, I believe in this new direction with Tommy Shepard and all that. And we are willing to do that. We'll see. But, you know, several months ago he said, we will never tank, which to me would say he can't trade Bradley Beal regardless of reality, but he's put himself in that spot. Will he change? And we'll see. That said, since he said that, he has insisted that he's changed. You know, he he has said that he did, went through his introspective period after firing Ernie Grunfeld, 
and that he's changed and that he does not necessarily subscribe to goals-oriented results the same way or goals-oriented thought processes that he did before. He's more of a process guy now, and this is everything he said. And you know what? So far, his actions have backed that up. I mean, this is a team where Tommy Shepard went out, and they have six guys on the roster who are 22 or younger. If, you know, Justin Robinson makes the roster or Bill Booth makes the roster, they're going to have another young guy there. I'm pretty confident, by the way, that Jordan McRae is making it. Like, I would I would bet on that. I would feel really – I would bet on that, and I'd be able to sleep every single night of training camp. So I would be surprised if he weren't on there. I know he's he's partially guaranteed 400000 of his contract has been guaranteed so far. He has another trigger date. I believe it's the first day of the regular season. Then his contract fully guarantees in December. I would be very surprised if it's not Jordan McRae. But that extra guy, you know, you could have seven guys, 22 or younger. It's a lot of journeymen who they're bringing in, seeing what they're doing. CJ Miles, who does not sound that close to coming back from his foot surgery, by the way. But C.J. Miles and Davis Bertans are the types of guys who, if you're doing it differently than you did last year with, oh, Jeff Green and Trevor Ariza, you could really build up and you could deal in February if you wanted to. Bertans the guy maybe they want to use his bird rights and just bring him back if he has a really good year because I know they loved him in San Antonio. But there are, there are things you can do with that and you can decipher well, this team is clearly building for the future, and this clear is clearly this team is clearly strategizing for the future. So, to some degree, like that's not tanking. Tanking is when you intentionally lose. It's not strategizing for the future. But tanking is part of the strategizing for the future. At the end of the year, when you realize your team stinks, and oh, we're going to rest some dudes and. We're going to play our vets not that much, and we're just only going to play the young guys, and uh, maybe this guy's going to have a mysterious knee injury, and so he's not going to play, and all those sorts of things. That's the tanking thing. Uh, I I think it's plausible, though, that that Ted did change. The actions have backed it up. We will see if he changes back, because that was who he was, right, for nine years as an owner. And it's easy to change when you're 0-0. It's a lot harder to stay changed when you're 10 and 43, and you got to be like, oh, and you're like, oh man, this isn't working. You know, the Philly owners didn't have the stomach to go through what they were trying to go through, and that was so much more extreme than this. But my only point in that is that people can think something's great when they look at the blueprint of it, and then when they go through it, they're like, this is not feeling good to me. I'm going back to what I thought before, and so we'll see. Like the only way we can possibly we can think and guess as to what we're going to see based on things that have happened in the last four months and based on things that Leonsis and Shepard and those guys have said, but we don't know till we see it. <clears throat> right. Well, I mean, seeing as how that uh, I'm the, uh, you know, you, you, I think you said you, you, you describe yourself as being overly cynical despite being a young man. Um, I'm an old fart, and I am way cynical, so let me just put that hat on really quickly just to say one difference this year is that, look, look, look he, he, owns a, he owns a business. That's always, always remember that. And one wrinkle with this business this year is that they didn't just take a first-round pick. They drafted a country. 
and that the Rui Hachimura thing with Japan is a real thing. Not just that. Like, today I met people at the Wizards Media Day. I met uh, people who were going to be with the organization with their sole purpose of, of, of targeting the Japanese audience uh, in, in Japan with this player. But I also met a guy whose job is to target the China, is to target China, the basketball fans there. He's an employee of this team and so on. There are a lot of things that the Wizards are doing, I suspect, beyond the basketball to try to figure out how to make a buck, which is not a crime. That's part of the deal. But I think it, they have a unique prospect in Rui Hachimura. It's different than if they drafted – you know, some rookie out of Kentucky or Virginia Tech or whatever in that with that ninth pick. They drafted a country, and I think there is some potential significant value there that they're looking to tap into, which helps sort of ease the reality that's probably going to be the case at home with, you know, smaller season ticket holders and crowds and things like and things like that. But uh, to go back towards your <laughs> – to the, to, the, uh, to the training uh, – to the media day, uh, so I think the guy who epitomizes kind of where the Wizards are at right now – is probably Justin Anderson, uh, who was the guy that I've been covering to some degree since he was at high school at Montrose Christian, a guy who was one of the players who I think was in the mix for the Wizards back in the day when they took Kelly Oubre in that draft. Um, he uh, he was a, he was a first round pick, but he's kind of bounced around the league, and now he's here with the Wizards. Um, you know, as a training camp in, invite situation. That's not. You know he's he's hardly a lock to make the team. He's trying to stay in the league. Simultaneously, you mentioned C.J. Miles maybe a ways off, and I got that impression too. Just talking to him for a few moments, we know Troy Brown is out a month. And if you said today who's the Wizards starting small forward, I it might be Justin Anderson, who may not even make the team. So <laughs> I mean, so it's sort of that that's where the Wizards are kind of at right now. We don't quite know who's going to be on the team. We don't quite know who's going to be in the lineup, and almost anything is possible because of some of the injuries and the unknowns. And uh, like, actually, from what I gather, Justin Anderson's kicking kicking ass uh, so far early in you know what they've been doing. Obviously, training camp just starts, but they've been working out together, the players and so on, for the last several weeks, and he's apparently doing very good. I've always been excited by his game, and it sounds like he's doing some good stuff. Still got to make the team, and then, like I said, to, to actually say, "Oh yeah, he's going to start" would be nuts. But again, if these injuries hold, they may not have a choice. If we're just talking sort of traditional positions, so um, yeah, I mean, I think that, that that's sort of an example as to how wide open, to some degree, a lot of this is once you get beyond Bradley Beal, Thomas Bryant, and as he said, uh, Ish Smith. Anything else before we wrap up? Um. Prop to the Wizards for the Chick Fil A at uh, Media Day. Always, uh, always a fan of that. The original chicken sandwich is so bad. It's not the original chicken sandwich. There were tons of chicken sandwiches before Chick Fil A. By the way, do you think the Wizards were immediately taking sides because they had Chick Fil A there, the closest restaurant to the practice facilities, is a Popeyes? Yeah, but they're out. Oh, is that place closed? No, no, they're out of chicken sandwiches. <laughs> Wait, I never, I never even got one. I was like, "What is going on here?" I saw the world like waiting in line, like they're selling I, chicken sandwich iPhones or something. I would have loved to get one, but I wasn't going to wait three hours for it. No, I knew some people I know who I think are otherwise normally sane, and I was like, "Wait, well, you're doing what?" <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're every, waiting in line for what? Everyone I start? know who had it said it's amazing. 
I, I'm sure, but unless like I'm waiting in line and like Star Wars is on, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> waiting in line. But yeah, you, um, watch, you can watch Titanic in the time it takes to to get that sandwich. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, it, you know, l- like we said, it, it, the optimism it, it, it's, it's an optimistic day. It's going to last that way for the rest of the for the week with training camp, presumably. Knock on wood, they don't suffer any other injuries, and then we go from there. And uh, you know, I think here's what I'll say: I am currently, as some of you know, I also I cover the Redskins for the Athletic as well as shipping in here with Fred. And the the Redskins are off to a start that's about to mirror the Wizard season a year ago, and that is a team that entered with expectations. Unrealistic or not, expectations of potentially contending, making the playoffs, being good, being competitive. And instead, the Redskins are now 0-4, and the season has quickly spiraled out of control. We have no idea where this is going to go. And it makes it all the more frustrating for everybody involved, including the media, because it's not just that they're 0-4, but they didn't think this is where they would be. And a year ago, the Wizards, start forget when John Wall got hurt, they started the season – Awful. This was a team that had expectations. They didn't sign Dwight Howard, trade for Austin Rivers, and so and so on, because they thought they were going to be a 22-win team. They had really good expectations, but everything came crashing down pretty early in the season, and it made for a very difficult time up until, I guess, the trade deadline when it became okay. That's over. We've tr- we've traded away our pieces. We, we're, we're establishing. We're looking forward, and that's why even though this team is going to be likely worse from a win-loss perspective. It feels much more hopeful because expectations are realistic with what's what's about to happen. And that is why this season, likely, no matter how many losses they rack up, barring some sort of a Beal catastrophe one way or the other, this thing will probably feel much better because the expectations are in check. It's young players trying to figure out who they are, guys on, you know, veterans who have a bigger opportunity than they have before. And with that comes hope as opposed to last year where you're like, are you guys serious? You can't stop anybody. How do you think you're beating, uh, how do you think you're beating the Celtics and the Sixers in the playoffs? Get out of here. And, and, and I think that hopefully carries over everybody for a while. And if it carries throughout the season, things will have gone well, regardless of the wins or losses, because expectations are realistic and they've been met. Optimism for Wizards After Dark, too. Remember, like I said before, just a reminder in case you were zoning out during my boring information. I'll keep it sweet. Wizards After Dark is moving over to The Athletic. There will still be a bunch of episodes. I don't know what the ratio will be, but there will still be a significant number of episodes that are just on this feed. So if you subscribe to Wizards After Dark, stay subscribed, and they will pop up on your iTunes If you want to get additional episodes of Wizards After Dark because you enjoy the podcast or because for some reason you enjoy me talking for extended periods of time, you can subscribe to The Athletic. If you're already subscribed to The Athletic, you need to do nothing else. Just go on The Athletic app and you can check your Athletic podcast and all that. You can subscribe to The Athletic, $5 a month. You can always find a 40% off discount and just get it for $3 a month. Somebody's got it. Uh, And you can... uh, you can sign up and you can listen to the extra episodes of Wizards After Dark there. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Give us five stars. That's pretty cool. Now my boss at The Athletic will like it if it's a really highly rated podcast, so you can do that. I'm going to start podcasting more now. Sorry for the week and a half off, but I had to resolve all this stuff to, to make sure that I could announce stuff right. Uh, 
I'm going to do another episode later this week while we're still going through training camp and I'll talk Wizards and talk NBA and do some other stuff and figure out what's going on. The Wizards' first preseason game is a week from today, October 7th, against the Knicks, and uh, we'll see what's going on after that one. Uh, Benjamin, appreciate it as always. Hey, man. Optimism and chicken sandwiches. Makes Ben a happy guy, so (laughs) you know, he caught me in a good mood today. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Uh, I'll be back later this week. I'll talk to you guys then.